0: From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from beautiful Brooklyn, New York. It's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia, Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now, here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thanks, Jonathan. How are you doing this week? I'm doing pretty well. It's uh, It's been an exciting week. My uh, My oh. daughter turned 16 this week. <laughs>
1: Oh, my God. Yeah. Wasn't she, yeah. like, 10 before the
0: pandemic? I feel like she was 10 <laughs> not too long ago, and suddenly she's 16, which is one of those ages that I definitely remember being 16, like, with the same brain and sense of self that I have now. You know what I mean?
1: Oh, boy. How do you feel about that?
0: Uh, you know, she's a delightful person and... uh I love her very much, and I love who she is, and it's exciting. But I feel a little sad. It's uh, she, She's going to leave home. She's going to leave home. <laughs>
1: <same>. <laughs> I mean, 16, she's not leaving home, but I know you're, no, you're like, no, it's on right. the horizon. I, I don't mean like A lot of teenagers right now would love to uh, step out of the house that they've been <laughs> yeah, quarantined totally. in for a long time. <laughs> totally. Uh, but, I mean, in my family, the ongoing thing was my mother being excited, like talking to us about like how she couldn't wait till we left the house. <laughs> and she'd always be talking about what she was going to turn our room into. She was like, that's oh going to be my sewing room and that's going to be like this. <laughs> Just
0: come in there with tape measure, checking things out.
1: Exactly.
0: That's so funny.
1: Yeah, and so what did you get her, if I may ask?
0: Uh, She... <laughs> It's going to sound like this is going to sound like a lie. She said that she didn't want anything. She really doesn't want anything. We got her a uh-huh. couple of pieces of clothes and and jewelry. Uh but she had no list of things that she wanted. And when the grandparents called me asking, I asked her what do you want your grandparents to get you? And she said, "You know, they can just uh they can just donate to this charity in my name."
1: <laughs> Which is like Are you sure are she's sure? 16? <laughs> You know what, Jonathan?
0: for hunger, yeah.
1: Here's what I'm going to say to you. You did yeah. a good job.
0: I, I feel like I can't it take responsibility. Great... She just came, she just it. came out I mean,
1: this Take I mean, take 20%. <laughs> okay, well, why don't we start the show?
0: Yeah, let's do it.
1: We are so excited, because on today's show, the hilarious Richard Kind and Maria Bamford are back. And this time, we wrote Richard a music game that's definitely his kind of music. Plus, from the arm wrestling movie Golden Arm, we have director Maureen Barucha and actor Mary Holland. And then I'll talk to Sierra Teller-Ornelas. She's the writer and co-creator of the new Mike Schur produced comedy series, Rutherford Falls. So let's play some games. We are overjoyed to welcome back two of the funniest people on the planet. Richard Kind and Maria Bamford are in season two of the comedy series, Everything's Gonna Be Okay on Freeform. And heads up, you'll hear Maria talk about a slumber party benefit show for the L.A. Downtown Women's Center. At the time we recorded this, it hadn't happened yet, but now due to the passage of time, it has already happened. Richard, Maria, hello, welcome. Hello, there!
2: Oh, you. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I just have to ask you, because obviously you are in a show where you play a couple, but did you know each other beforehand? No.
3: Not at all. And I, I, I told Maria, um, because I'm a fan of her work, because I get intimidated by stand-ups. Uh, I recognize that I will not be as funny as they are. I recognize I will not be as witty they are as they are. But I always want to try and not be stupid in front of them. <laughs> okay? I, I recognize my limitations, and I was terrified of being stupid oh. in front of Maria. Oh my and God. I was talking way too much when I was around her and never letting her talk as much as I wanted to. And I, I, and I should've, I kept saying, you know, be funny or be whatever.
4: Oh,
2: oh God, no, 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 no. I, uh, I, my gosh, well, yes, no, I am a quiet, type comedian, where, I mean, I don't know if all comedians are like this, but I'm more of an introvert, so that I have to plan everything I'm going to say years in advance, and then I spit (laughs) it all out in front of people for an hour at a time, Um, but yeah, uh, but you are a natural storyteller, Richard, you
5: have- And I'm a loud
3: mouth. I am not you. I am not introverted. I just talk and talk and talk. Which is and great. And pray that every, you know, that down the road, something will, will magically appear <laughs> funny or smart.
1: So the, the characters, the couple, the married oh, yes. couple you are in, in this season, describe your characters.
2: Well, I believe, I, I, I don't want to speak for Richard, but I think we're anxious parents. <laughs> uh, I'm an, I am think it if was a it. bit of a, a, a casting coup in that I am... I'm an already anxious person so no acting involved. <laughs> sounds fun. But that yeah. sounds like a fun role. <laughs> It is. It is. <laughs> it's I mean, it exactly.
1: The dogs, the dogs are barking. <laughs>
2: <No>. <laughs> I'm so I'm so sorry our oh. our dog. Uh, oh no, dog... it's fine went wild Um, we're anxious parents of a 12 year old pug um, and he got a full ride baseball scholarship to Princeton but um, then he decided to throw it all away and he said you know what I want to do the peace corps and I want to kind of follow my my inner voice which is I'm a poet (laughs) That's you know it's it's hard. It's hard. Well, a
3: lot of it is due to size of the dog. They make you know, for a larger dog, maybe it would attack the world a little stronger (laughs) in a different way.
1: Maria, I have to ask you. So when you got up to to check on your dog, there's a lot of um, stuffies behind you. Are those the dog's toys, or no, are they?
2: What's happening here Saturday <laughs> evening is going to be a slumber party. It's going to be a ten oh, hour, yes! ten hour uh, comedy event. Which uh, two hours of will actually be professional, uh, well written comedy uh, planned out and produced. <laughs> then there's eight hours of it where I'll be sleeping. It's going to be like one of those little action cams of wildlife where maybe yes. you don't, maybe you don't, nothing happens. But what if I have night terrors? <laughs> Which I do. I get up and I start. My s- s- husband says I usually wow. have some kind of self righteous speech where I say, you have no idea. And that's what I think people are gonna be waiting for and hoping for.
3: Are there subjects that you talk about?
2: Well, he usually tries to calm it down because I do lash out physically and he might get a (laughs) roundhouse to the bread basket. He might get (laughs) a real punch in the nose. So he's just doing defensive. Um, He wakes me up usually by then and says, you're okay, you're okay. Uh,
3: Well, I hope for a restless night. Yeah. And me too. Uh, yes, for the sake of entertainment,
2: I'll try to have a half glass of wine with my antipsychotic.
3: Oh, and then we'll make for a-
2: <laughs> all right. Would you guys like to play a game?
3: Yes, I do. I love okay. playing game. I love. All right,
1: it. it's called Has this been to space? space? So Jonathan and I are going to describe an item, and all you have to tell us is, has it been to space, or has it never been to space? It's great. Okay. Here we go. Maria, this first one is for you. Has a wheel of cheese been to space? Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: wow, he's so quick.
0: No hesitation.
1: Okay. Yeah, you are correct. A wheel of cheese has de- uh, did, you, did you know that? No, um,
2: I love cheese though. I mean, why wouldn't why wouldn't you bring
1: cheese to space? So, get this. In 2010, a private company called SpaceX launched a space capsule that contains a wheel of Le Bruyere cheese. And they said it was an oh, honor Oh, no, the... I would
3: have sent a Munster. You send a Munster. No. <laughs> oh, that's that, that's mistake. mistake number one right there. Wait, hold on. So they keep going, keep going. I, right. I A goo is,
1: is a, uh, it's like a Gruyere, a, a, a Le Bruyere. Uh, so whatever you think of that. It was in honor of the Monty Python cheese shop sketch.
2: I thought it was going to be like a little capsule basket, you know, that was sent out with bread and jellies and jams to some kind of space group out there. Yeah,
0: like a little hospitality, hospitality yeah. basket to <gasps> right, the space like station. Right, like a yeah.
1: housewarming. Housewarming for your rocket.
0: <laughs> All right, Richard, here's one for you.
3: Okay.
0: Has a Pizza Hut pizza been to space?
3: No. Sorry, the answer is yes. I knew I was going to be terrible at this. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that you're taking
0: it so personally. Nobody's supposed to know the answers to these questions.
2: I thought Pizza Hut Pizza, because those are the people who would have the money to get, you know, to make sure they sponsored that pizza into space and they would have uh, not as high expectation on how good the pizza would taste once it got into space. They'd say, it's a Pizza Hut pizza.
1: Maria, coming in with the capitalist economy rules all.
0: And Maria, you you were right about it being a a capitalist uh, venture. In 2001, Pizza Hut paid the Russian Space Agency, reportedly a million dollars, to deliver a Pizza Hut pizza to the International Space Station. And salami was used as a topping instead of pepperoni, which apparently didn't have the necessary shelf life for the trip.
3: Wow.
1: (laughs) Maria, has a Tesla been to space? No. No. I'm sorry, a Tesla has been to space. What? Yeah, in 2018, not that long ago, Elon Musk and SpaceX again shot a a Tesla Roadster into space, and now the car is about 26 million miles away from Earth, and apparently it's on a trajectory to re-enter low Earth orbit in 2091.
3: I also wonder... Just how antiquated will that Tesla be in 2091? I mean, how will we get around? by? Who knows by then? We might get by by pneumatic tubes. We might be getting around. Who knows?
0: That'd be fun. Yes. (laughs) All right, Richard, has Amelia Earhart's watch
3: been to space?
0: No. It, It has. It has. Also, in 2010, astronaut Shannon Walker brought the watch on a mission to the space station again, and it was provided by a member of the International Women's Pilot Association, the 99s, of which Walker is a member, and Amelia Earhart was the first president. Unclear if the watch is still working and telling time.
3: Oh, wow. Amelia Earhart was the first president. That's just fantastic.
1: All right. Well done. What have we won? Well done. What have, what, won? What have you won? You have won a Tesla in space. You won a Tesla. Okay. You will receive
0: it in <laughs> 2091.
1: Yeah, we're just getting it over there. After the break, we'll challenge Richard Kind and Maria Bamford to a music parody game filled with Broadway songs that Richard should definitely know. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR.
4: This message comes from NPR sponsor Vanguard, where you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. Head of advice methodology Joel Dixon says the ownership approach ensures client interests are prioritized above all else.
6: I think about the owner's mindset as, well, what would the client do if they were in my spot? You know, putting yourself in the shoes of the client and what they can derive success from as being the focal point for how you think about interacting with and ultimately
3: recommending approaches for that client to be successful.
4: That's the value of ownership. Explore Vanguard advice at Vanguard.com or talk to your advisor. Investor-owned means fund shareholders own the funds which own Vanguard. Services are provided by Vanguard Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor.
6: A few years ago, a website popped up in Stockton, California, and conspiracy theories started ramping way up.
3: And it's being funded by conservative movement underneath the table. And I was like, oh my gosh, you guys, people really believe this.
2: What happens when the local news outlet isn't fact-checking conspiracy theories? Maybe encouraging them. Listen now from NPR's Invisibilia podcast.
0: This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
1: Thanks, Jonathan. We're playing games with the hilarious Richard Kind and Maria Bamford. Are you ready for another one?
3: Always. Always. Yes.
2: Fantastic. i already I'm already answering.
3: <laughs> that's-, <laughs> <laughs> that's how good she is doesn't, doesn't need she is. a subject <laughs> doesn't even need a game so answer. You, you, won. you won
1: okay so Richard last time you were on the show we made you play a game about pop music super and jam bands <laughs> that you may I say loved
3: I loved <laughs> I, lo- I got every answer wrong on the uh, has it been to space And I love that. So I did love it. (laughs) But so to make it up to you,
1: we wrote a game uh, that we knew would be in your wheelhouse. Uh, And hopefully Maria's too. Musical theater. Yes.
3: It is my wheelhouse.
0: Yes. So we. uh, So in this game, every answer is the name of a stage musical. But with one of the words in the title changed to a rhyming word. For example. If I sang a song from the musical West Side Story, but the lyrics were changed to be about a piece of lemon peel used as flavoring, so I'm singing about lemon zest, it's from the musical West Side Story, the answer is zest
3: side story. Make sense? Yes, but I don't think I'm going to be nearly as good in this game as I Thought I might be okay. Well,
1: it's 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 you're in good shape because you two are going to be working together on this <gasps> I game. I
3: love this. Yes.
1: Uh, but I just want to, one other note um, about the answers in this game, Richard. They are all musicals that you have performed in.
0: So no pressure. <laughs> 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 all right. Here's the first one. Okay. White coveralls and veil protect my face. I don't want to get stung, so that's just in case. While I harvest this sweet stuff made by all my bees.
2: Okay. um, bup, 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 bup. I don't know. Don't Ran on My Parade. But yeah, it's that's a bee ke- beekeeper. Don't Ran on My Parade, Richard. What, what's that from?
3: Well, that's Funny Girl, but I was never an. Oh, I did do Funny Girl. <laughs> for charity.
2: <laughs> there you
5: But go. I was
3: like nothing well, But I but wasn't did like attention. nothing You can't Okay, <laughs> okay. It was Funny Girl Well but
0: you have the, You have the pieces The musical is Funny Girl And I'm Funny singing girl. about bees So the answer
1: Oh Honey Girl right. Right. Oh, yep. that was so good <laughs> Yes
0: Alright here's another one I'll send them a little wink And show attraction Specifically make them blush I'll just
3: be a coquette I want to make them think that I want action. I definitely will not play hard to get. Dirty rotten scoundrels. Uh huh. Is the musical. That's right. Coquette scoundrels, uh, flirty rotten scoundrels. Yeah, you got it. Nice. Well done.
1: A strange combination of words, but the correct answer.
3: Yes. Flirty right. rotten <laughs> scoundrels. By the way, let, let me just tell you about Funny Girl that I did. Yeah. It was for char- It was for like Broadway Cares. Every Fanny Bryce was played by a different Broadway star. It was a sort of a concert version of oh that, and, that's cool. and that's all different, all different women would get to sing the songs. But uh, Nikki Arnstein was only Peter Gallagher. So, <laughs> so, 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 so there were all these great uh, divas and one Nikki Arnstein.
0: That's wonderful. It was
3: fun. All right, here's another one.
0: Me, I'm hearing March hairs chatter, half asleep at Mad Hatter's party. So go ask Alice how her time spent, i I'm a tiny
3: rodent who loves a nap. That sounds like Best Little Whorehouse in Texas.
0: That is the musical, that's right.
2: Best, best Little Mole House? Mole House?
5: In it's,
0: Texas? A, it's a
3: good guess. That you're, in uh, right, you're, you're in the in right. You're in the right zone. Hormouse. best little mouse in Texas. <laughs> Do you hormouse. say mouse?
1: Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> I, I like that idea, though.
3: I know. I did because because we're limited to our vocabulary here. Uh, best little hormouse in. Best little whore. I mean, you're so, little, you're
0: so close. Here, I'll tell. I'll tell best, you what it is. It's
3: best little dormouse in Texas. Dormouse. Really. Dormouse in Texas. That was so not. Anywhere near what would have come out of my mouth. <laughs> I know. Deceptively hard. I agree. By the way, by the way, you're picking musicals. When would you ever expect to see me in Best Little Whorehouse in Texas? <laughs> I, I was, I the was same, ask. yeah. The same charity the year <laughs> no before. Kidding. Yes, for, for Broadway Cares. So keep going, keep going. That's okay.
0: All right, here we go. You ain't word squat. You ain't word squat. I'm saying things that'll show disrespect. Your gross appearance, I'm gonna dissect. I'm saying things that'll show disrespect. Your gross appearance, I'm gonna dissect. And I don't care if you try to object, cause you ain't worth squat. What's
3: well, Kiss Me Kate.
0: Kiss Me Kate, that's right. Too Darn Hot is the song. Kiss me hate. Oh that. Ooh. I feel like we might have to accept that answer. That is not that is not what we were looking for, but that's but that, that, works. that totally works. Yes. Yeah. Hiss,
3: hiss, me, hiss me
0: Kate. Hiss me Kate is also good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> d- d- oh, I don't know. Dis dis me. Dis yeah. me.
3: That's it. Oh, dis me Kate. Dis yeah, me Kate. It. Oh, okay. That is correct. Dism okay. Me yep. Kate. Well done. Right, we oh,
0: got yeah. one more for you. They were lanky, they were lanky, and then I brought out my shrink ray. They were rangy, they were gangly, then I brought out my shrink ray. Though you prize them, I'll downsize them, you do not want me as your foe. They were taller, now they're smaller, you will feel my thunder
3: and then wonder where these people go.
1: <laughs> that's a great Maria, theme. I
3: know what it is. I have no idea. But I'm going to let you go if you know it. <gasps> I don't, know.
0: <laughs> I <laughs> don't no, know. no, thank you. <laughs> I don't
3: know. <laughs> it's the reducers. The reducers. Yes. That's right. That
0: was along came Bialy from the show The Producers. And of course, I was thinking about a shrink ray. The reducers. Exactly right. Nice.
1: Yeah, cute. Very, very nice.
3: cute. Very, very well,
1: good. Well done that was great Richard Kind and Maria Bamford are in season 2 of the comedy series Everything's Gonna Be Okay Thursdays on Freeform Richard, Maria thank you so much thank you so guys, much guys thank
3: you it thank truly you. is a pleasure seeing and I say this to Maria as well as you our host thank you it's great to see you and, and talk to you guys you as yeah, well thanks so nice so much thank for you. being here guys
1: Our next two guests are funny people and creative collaborators. Mary Holland is an actor who starred in the romantic comedy Happiest Season. Maureen Barucha is a director on Jimmy Kimmel Live. Their new film, Golden Arm, is about a national women's arm wrestling championship. It just premiered in theaters and on digital. Mary Maureen, welcome to Ask Me Another.
4: Hi. Hi. So excited to be here. Thanks for having
1: us. A pleasure. So, the new film called Golden Arm. Um, Mary, as the star of this movie, so you know what kind of what kind of rigorous training did you have to do to prepare oh yourself gosh. for the athleticism required?
4: I, Mary I, brought her I, guns. She had she <laughs> had muscles. Mary, had <laughs> like- I did I did push ups with one arm for three months. Um, no, I did, but I did try to. I was like, I want to like, I I got to be able to sell this, so I need to like. Be in in shape, and but also everybody I arm wrestled had to lose to me, so I, I right. think <laughs> right. Uh, but honestly, I, when Mary yeah. came to set,
7: we I we I think we were like me and the DP Chris were like Mary's muscle is like legit. <laughs>
4: that's that's just good lighting. That's just good lighting. Uh, all right, w- would you guys like to play a couple games? Yes. Yeah.
1: All right. <laughs> so this first one, you're going to take turns answering questions. So. Technically, you will be competing.
7: Okay. Okay. All right. (laughs) Get ready, Mary.
1: Mm -hmm. So we're going to play you a clip of a non-conventional musical instrument, and you have to identify what you're hearing, but don't worry, we have multiple choice uh, answers for you to choose from. Okay. So here we go. Maureen, this first one is for you. What is this instrument called? I don't know what funky.
7: it is, but I, I dig whatever it is. Yeah, I know. That
1: does, that does remind me of like one of my apartments that was too close to a uh, <laughs> nightclub. Okay, is that... Is it A, the hive synth, a device that pitch shifts the sounds of a live beehive? Is it B, oh. a timbre meme, which is a computer-operated instrument that outputs sounds according to what's going viral on the internet? Or is it, oh see, God. the Zuzaphone, which is a pair of giant Tesla coils that generate sound with the power of lightning.
7: Ooh. I don't think it's a Tesla coil because we do have one of those at the Griffith Observatory that I do enjoy. Oh, interesting. Um. I'm gonna, <laughs> I do enjoy I'm gonna, that Tesla coil. I do, I do enjoy it, that Tesla coil. You push the button. <laughs> it, uh, maybe it does it sound like fun. that. I'm going to say, I'm going to say A. The beehive.
1: Yeah, the beehive. Uh, OK, maybe it's time for a trip back to the Griffith Observatory. Oh It is the uh, yeah, the singing Tesla coil. Wow. Yeah, you are right that <sighs> Trademarked in 2007 as the world's first commercially available musical Tesla coil. Wow.
4: That is yep. that is very exciting. I mean, I feel like that's a really specific genre of music that you could play that <laughs> I instrument. Like
0: I mean, just from that clip, it doesn't sound like the most expressive instrument in the world.
4: No. <laughs> it's also <laughs> not something I you put on when you're, like, getting a massage or something. Yeah. Like that. right. <laughs>
1: like, or even just, like, getting ready for a date. What? It's a little much. I mean, unless you're Elon Musk. Maybe that's his
5: motivational <laughs> yes, music. Totally. I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah.
0: All right, Mary, this is for you. What instrument are you hearing in this clip from a Tiny Desk concert?
5: Hmm.
4: I want to say off the top of my head, it's a bunch of ghosts. Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a good
0: get. You have multiple yeah. choice, though. Let me give you oh, multiple choice. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Is it A, a theremin, B, singing wine glasses, or C, a handsaw?
4: Okay. Listen, I have played with wine glasses. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I feel like the wo whoa, wo whoa, wo whoa, wo 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 like that makes me think it's a saw. Um I haven't played with saws. Very much. But you so. <laughs> are
0: you are correct nonetheless it is a saw. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. this is uh, Julian Koster uh, wow. of the band's Nutri Milk Hotel and the music tapes. Oh, yeah. And I the saw is band. a long, flexible hand saw that you play with a bow, and yeah. you control the pitch by bending how much the saw is bending.
4: That is amazing. How do people figure these things out? <laughs> Very fun
0: memories of being like the kid at a wedding and just being bored, but at a table with 40 oh, wine nice. glasses with varying degrees of liquid in them.
4: Yes. That's, oh that's when gosh. you can really rock. That's a good way to keep entertained. For
6: sure. <laughs> and
1: putting your finger on all of them and then yeah, they take touching, their glass yes.
0: away. Licking, and licking your like, finger yepy, and touching shirt. everybody's glass. That's
4: fun. That's a, everybody
0: loves that at a wedding, especially it right an, now. It was another time. It was exactly.
1: another time. <laughs> all right, Maureen, this instrument was a big hit on Spain's Got Talent. Uh, what is this that is playing along to Nissim Dorma?
0: Wow! Wipe, all right, Wipe some tears away. I, that gave I, me yeah. chills. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, here we go. Was it a a talking doll whose string is being pulled to create music? Was it be a novelty instrument shaped like a musical note with a face at the bottom? Or is it C, a dentist's drill?
7: First of all, I never would have guessed any three of those <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> Um I'm going to... Wow. I'm going to say, I'm just going to go number two. You are correct. Huh. Yeah, this is
1: a handheld synth-shaped uh, like eighth note with a face at the bottom, and you play it using two hands, controlling the pitch by moving one hand along the stem, while the other one squeezes the face, which opens and closes the mouth to activate the sound.
4: Sounds like regular singing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's
5: it's
0: basically like singing, but right? no body. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mary, what is music producer Kurt Schneider using to play Take On Me in this clip? Mm-hmm. Is it A, a washing machine, B, a Game Boy, C, a fancy electric toilet?
4: Ugh, oh, it's a washing machine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is a washing machine. Yeah,
4: yeah, it's very clear. You Did can't you recognize mistake those the dings. Yes, yeah. the dings are, are very specific, and uh-huh. then the um, this sort of uh, r- really aggressive and disturbing, like chong chong, you know, like that that kind of um, that sound. It's it's just so specific to doing laundry. So
5: yeah,
4: yeah.
1: All right, Maureen. This clip is from a performance by a special orchestra in Austria. All right. What are their instruments made from? Are they made from A, vegetables, B, motorcycle parts, or C, dog toys?
4: (laughs) Wow. What's the difference? Am I right?
7: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say, you know, I'm thinking gourd. I'm going to say vegetable. (laughs) Yes, that's right. It's the vegetable
1: orchestra. They were founded in 1998 in Vienna, Austria, and they perform, as their name implies, entirely with instruments made from vegetables. And then they serve their audience vegetable soup after most performances made with the leftover produce or, I guess, instruments that uh, may not be as functioning well.
0: (laughs) All right, this is the last clue. Mary, what are you hearing in this clip? So is it A, children playing 3D-printed recorders, B, the sound of wind blowing across a tubular playground slide in the world's first musical playground, or C, an organ played by ocean waves crashing into it?
4: I think it's C.
0: (laughs) Yes, C is correct. It is an organ played by ocean waves crashing into it. It's the Zadar Sea Organ in Croatia, and uh, as the waves kind of go in and out, they move air through these uh, essentially organ pipes.
2: That is so cool. (laughs) (laughs) All
1: right. Well done. Well done on that. That was uh, so fun. The wild sound game. Thank you. We'll play another game with Maureen Barucha and Mary Holland after the break. And I'll talk to Sierra Teller-Ornelas, co-creator and writer of the new Mike Schur sitcom, Rutherford Falls. I'll ask her if Rutherford gets up again. Boo. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR.
0: Support also comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Brewer Terrence Sullivan shares how brewing beer is often a science, but to achieve the right flavor profile, it can also be an art.
3: The science is the process of making the actual beer, and and the art form comes from the brewer of literally weaving in different hops. They're just adding some nice little zest to it. To learn more, go to SierraNevada.com.
0: Must be 21 years or older. Please drink responsibly. Ask me another from NPR. I'm Jonathan Colton. Here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
1: Thanks, Jonathan. We're playing games with the director and star of the new movie Golden Arm, a comedy about a women's arm wrestling championship, Maureen Barucha, Mary Holland. Are you ready for another one? Oh, yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay, so this game is called Good Tries. So Jonathan and I are going to describe a failed product which can we all agree is the best kind of product to describe. (laughs) And you're going to tell us, is this a real failed product or is it something we just made up?
4: Okay. Yay.
1: Mary, this first one is for you. I'm ready. Gerber singles. So in the 1970s Gerber marketed baby food to college students and adults living on their own for the first time. Is that real (laughs) or fake?
4: I mean, I have to say, I would be, I would, when I was, I would be the target demographic for that. Um, I think that's real.
7: Oh yeah, that is real.
4: Oh my god,
7: that is real. I feel like my friends and I ate baby food in high school for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah, I have a friend Katie who, like, loved it. She's like, I always eat baby food. <laughs> and, like, would have it in her lunch. And I was like, I mean, just get applesauce.
0: <laughs> All right, Maureen. Ida funky fries from the early 2000s. These frozen French fries were sold in chocolate, cinnamon, and blue-colored varieties. Real or fake?
7: Chocolate, cinnamon, or blue-colored? Those were the, the three flavors? There was a chocolate,
0: there was a cinnamon, and there was a blue, yes.
7: Blue, <laughs> you know uh, the flavor blue. Yeah, I mean I, I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna say that this is a true item.
0: That is absolutely a real item. It only lasted wow. about a year, perhaps because it is not a great idea. But yeah,
7: <laughs> I mean I enjoy regular fries a lot. So.
0: I don't know, you know. I don't know. No word on whether the blue was a specific flavor or just a color. I think it was just right. a color.
7: It was actually wintergreen fries. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> <waters. laughs> that's,
1: right, that's the last fry you eat to clear your, the, your yeah. breath right. so yeah. you can move on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Mary, playing off the popularity of boyfriend jeans for women, Levi's created girlfriend jeans for men, which are a slimmer body-hugging style meant to evoke the feeling of slipping into a pair of women's jeans.
4: Hmm. I mean, I think it's a great idea, uh, but no...
1: <laughs> you are correct. No. The answer
0: is fake. It is a no.
7: But they just call those skinny jeans. Yeah, skinny right. jeans. They did
4: skinny call them jeans, right. that's right. Yeah. Yes.
0: All right, this is the last one. Maureen, it's for you. Cosmopolitan yogurt. Cosmopolitan women's magazine tried to get in on the booming yogurt market business in the late 1990s with its own line of healthy dairy snacks, real or fake?
7: I'm going to say... Yogurt is gold, baby, so it's true.
0: <laughs> You're right on two counts. It is true, and also yogurt is gold. Yes, So forever. Yogurt
4: <laughs> is gold, baby. I've never so heard right. you say that in my life. Yogurt so is gold. That's your catchphrase, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> yogurt
7: is gold. I have a new yogurt line coming uh-huh. out myself. No.
1: <laughs> Fantastic, well done. Mary Holland and Maureen Borucha are the star and director of the movie Golden Arm, about a national women's arm wrestling championship. It just premiered in theaters and on digital. Mary, Maureen, uh, just thank you so much for joining us.
7: This was so thank much fun. You thank you thank for you guys. having us.
1: Our special guest is here. She's been a writer on Superstore, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Selfie and Happy Endings, and she's the co-creator and head writer on the new Mike Shore Peacock series, Rutherford Falls. It's about two friends, one who runs a fancy museum about the town's founders, and the other runs a struggling cultural center dedicated to the area's indigenous people. Sierra Teller-Ornelas, welcome to Ask Me Another.
6: Thank you so much for having me um before I start a Sierra My name is Sierra Ornalis. I am a member of the Navajo Nation. I am Edgewater, born for the Mexican people. Thank you so much, thank you. so
1: you know i I've heard you say this as a part of your introduction on uh, as part of other interviews, yeah. Uh, can you just tell us why you do that?
6: Because my mom would kill me if I didn't, first of <laughs> all. Um, traditionally, Navajo people introduce themselves first by saying they're clans. All Navajo people have four clans that are... Um, Descendant of uh, different lines in their families, starting with the matrilineal lines first, and then each clan. Traditionally, you believe that that it it kind of um explains not only certain specifics about your personality, but also um you'll know if they're you're related. And so um it's just it's just what we do.
1: <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, so you're a sixth generation Navajo weaver. Your mother is a renowned weaver, and her work has been displayed. All over the world.
6: All over the world, yeah. She's a master Navajo weaver. And you've been
1: selling jewelry and your family's woven tapestries at different markets and fairs since you were a child. Yes, I grew up in the booth. (laughs) You grew up in the booth, but you decided to go into
6: television writing. Yeah, yeah. I really... It's kind of silly, though, because I think so much of my mom's career really shaped and formed my my taste in television and then also just the work that I do. So she, you know... um, would weave, you know, one of her pieces, every inch is a hundred wefts per inch. So she goes back and forth a hundred times every inch. And she's, she's spent, you know, up to two years working on projects. And so, she would have us, you know, she'd give us, like, money and say, go to Blockbuster, get all the new releases, or, like, get the first season of Soap, you know, and bring it back, and then we would watch it all night. So we were, like, binge-watching well before that was the term. And and she really loved television, and, and my dad had a love of comedy. He wanted to be a stand-up, and so they they always kind of made each other laugh, and and were really into letting us watch way too much television, Um and then just being at art markets and kind of being able to sell and kind of trying to, to quickly distill the story of your nation, your family, this piece that you're selling and explain the importance of it um, it really did help in terms of like pitching or or staffing season really felt very synonymous with with Indian market culture and having to like you know one weekend and you've put sort of all of your Time and effort into this thing and it kind of dictates the rest of your year. So so weirdly, while I, I don't weave as a profession, I still weave, but um, and I still mm-hmm. plan to teach my son how to weave. But yeah, weirdly, she kind of primed me her and my dad for, for this life.
1: That's very cool. So you and you have uh, obviously been extremely successful in the television writing world. You've worked on Happy Endings, Brooklyn Nine Nine, Superstore. But how did you get involved in this new show, Rutherford Falls?
6: Well, um, uh, got this call from uh, Mike Schur and Ed Helms. I had previously developed a project with Ed Helms' company and him, and then I'd also worked on Brooklyn Nine Nine with Mike, and just really enjoyed both of them as people and enjoyed working with them. They had this idea that they basically had kind of half the idea. They had the Nathan Rutherford character, they knew they wanted to be in a small town, they knew themes they kind of wanted to explore. And then I came in kind of having grown up in museums because my mom is an is a is an artist and and I'd worked for many years at the Smithsonian's National Museum of the American Indian. And so I had all these ideas and and we we kind of just started collaborating and really developing and, and really for months before we even went out and pitched it, much less wrote it. It was just like this really organic, I feel like native people in media, especially always get these calls from people like, we're shooting this film in an hour and there's a Native American in it. Can you read it and tell me it's okay? You know? And it's just a nightmare and you're always like, no. And so you never get a call from two incredibly funny kind people who are like, hey, we have half an idea. Do you want to like create something with us? And so, so that's really what it's been. And it sort of set the tone as we brought new people in constantly have just kind of improved and made the show better.
1: And so half of the writers on the Rutherford Falls um, writing staff are of Indigenous heritage.
6: There are five uh, Native writers, including myself, on staff. You know, Tazba Chavez, who's one of the Native writers on our show, says, like, we always know that we're funny. <laughs> like, we knew that, you know? <laughs> it's just making sure everyone else finds out that that we're we're very funny people. Chris Rock has this bit about how, like, you never see you know six native americans hanging out at red lobster and every time i go to red lobster one of me and my family members will make that joke cuz we're like oh look we're six natives at red lobster and so that was sort of a guiding force of the show was that you get to see us be mundane you get to see us have jobs and have teenage daughters that drive us crazy and have work relationships and romances and 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 that there are multiple native characters who can have different perspectives on on a subject matter and and that it's all really really funny Yeah. Um,
1: So also just one other thing, a tiny point about when the Rutherford Falls trailer... Was released. It was pointed out in one of the articles that the set looked like it was borrowed from the 1980s Back to the Future
6: franchise. It was indeed. Yes, it was. Filmed, <laughs> yes, we filmed on the Universal backlot. It's so funny That's because hilarious. We due to COVID restrictions, we had planned to go to the East Coast to film certain exteriors, but because of COVID, we just there was no way we could do it this season, and so we ended up using the Universal backlot, which. Everyone, you know, I think was a little bit like, will this feel like a compromise? And I was like, everyone in my family is going to lose their mind to know that like my show. I was like taking a million pictures and sending it to my mom. So I was super stoked.
1: And what did your mom and your family think when you sent them the photos?
6: Oh, I mean, it was all flex capacitor jokes (laughs) and just a whole thread of (laughs) gigawatt based humor. (laughs) So, yeah. Okay, Sierra,
1: would you like to play and ask me another challenge? I would love it. So before the show, we asked you, what would you like to play a game about? And you gave <laughs> back uh, a bunch of topics to choose from, including houseplants, comedians in cars getting coffee, Nora Ephron, Saturday Night Live.
6: It's just the most random <laughs> collection of mishigash. But yes, <laughs> for those are the things I'm into.
1: Yeah, that's perfect. So we've combined all of these things in a game called Categories. Okay. Jonathan and I will start listing things and as soon as you can figure out what they have in common you just shout out the answer okay lucky numbers
6: bewitched mixed nuts oh these are all movies directed by Nora Ephron yes that is correct Mixed Nuts is a secret gem. Mixed Nuts is a good is a good one.
1: So, you know, it was going to get progressively more obvious. Julie and Julia, you've got mail. Sleep is in Seattle. But Mixed Nuts, I was like, that sounds familiar, but I've never seen it. And it's a, I got to see
6: this now, a dark Christmas tale starring Steve Martin. Steve Martin and uh, Adam Sandler. It's like one of the first movies he was in. Wow. He's like a cameo. Madeline Kahn gets stuck in an elevator. Mm. It's very silly. I don't know if it's aged well,
5: but I can't say <laughs> for time.
6: comedies from twenty years ago. But right. I remember loving it as as a teen.
1: Uh, is there is there one that is your favorite?
6: Um, you've got mail is my favorite Nora Ephron movie. It's a perfect movie. Uh, it was also my my grandmother loved that movie, so that was like our jam. Oh really? Yeah, pop that in. I,
1: I mean, Nora Ephron is an amazing writer to make email romantic. <laughs> Hundred <laughs> percent. Oh, the best. <laughs> to me, it is like the the something I always want to end. So, but I should take another look at that movie and remember that good things come from email.
6: Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> all right. Here's another one. Spider. Snake. Rubber.
6: Types of plants. Yeah,
0: that's right. These are all house plants. <laughs> yeah. Well done. We were gonna go on with uh, umbrella. Zz? I've never heard of ZZ. I
6: love a zz. They're hard too. to kill. They're hard to kill. <laughs> they're hard to kill. That's as long my as kind you've of got, plant. As long as you've got good drainage, they're they're your friends. You,
1: you know what it is, Jonathan. You've seen them everywhere. They look like uh, they've waxy little leaves mm-hmm. on a long long mm-hmm. branch kind of. Yeah, yeah. into
6: a a bank usually. If they got those in <laughs> <And then> there. <laughs> it's a big very bank low plant. light. Yeah, Classic yeah.
0: bank plant, yeah. <laughs>
6: <laughs> Classic. That should be that should be a category of plants to buy. Like that's sort of my my deal. If if it's a plant in a bank, it means you can't kill it, and so right. it's probably in my home. Do you,
0: Do you have a lot of house plants yourself?
6: I do have a lot of houseplants. I feel like it was a big thing during the pandemic to kind of like um, buy a lot of plants. But you can propagate them, which is fun. And you take little clips and put them in water. And it's, yeah, it's a way to feel in control. (laughs) Totally. Absolutely. I come from a long
1: line of uh, houseplant people and gardening people. And let me tell you, it is, they are all control freaks. Like it really feeds into that.
6: It's a form of meditation for sure.
1: Uh, and I have done a little bit of like escaping the city to go uh, into the country and get like a Airbnb. And there's been a few times where I've contacted the host and I was like, Hi, yeah, that uh that houseplant you have in the other room, do you mind if I take a cutting?
6: <laughs> and They're always You're like, so nice. Uh. Most most houseplant people are like low key shoplifters. I have exactly. a lot of friends in my life that like a lot of snips in your pocket and you never say anything. So that's you're a good person. <laughs>
1: Well, I, I was like afraid that I would go to Snip something and just take some massive amount of it, and they would come back and be like, what happened to you, know Audrey? Uh- <laughs> All right, here's your next one. Drew Barrymore in 2007. Scarlett Johansson in 2017.
6: People who hosted SNL?
1: Yes, can you... G- it's like there's a spe- specific... Uh, I'll I'll give you the point for that one hundred percent. Is it like the either the Christmas episodes or the premieres? Uh, it's a number of times that they have.
6: Oh, the Five Timers Club.
1: Yes, the Five Timers <laughs> Club. That's right. Drew Barrymore, Scarlett Johansson, uh, Tina Fey in two thousand fifteen, and then Candace Bergen, but that was in nineteen ninety. She was yes. uh, M- Melissa McCarthy in two thousand seventeen,
6: and Alec Baldwin in nineteen ninety four. Yeah. Also, wait, Justin Timberlake, Tom Hanks. Well, Steve Martin, they're beyond, though. They're beyond the Five Timers Club. But there was that famous sketch a million years ago about the Five Timers Club, and I saw it as a kid, and I was like, this is the coolest thing ever to be in the Five Timers (laughs) Club. That there was, like, a place where you could, like, wear a robe and hang out with Steve Martin just sounded like the greatest thing ever. (laughs) And then they started, like, repeating hosts a lot. So I feel like the last 10 years to be a Five Timers is not as impressive as, like, it was back in the day, but still.
1: All right. How about this? Sandy... Clay, peaty.
6: Oh, types of soil.
1: Yeah. All right. Yeah. What, what's your what's your um, house plant mix?
6: What do you got to do a your mix? You got to do a mix. I like doing a little bit of cactus soil, a little bit of potting soil, and then mm-hmm. some um, of that like that. What was it called?
1: Pea. Pumice. P- yeah, the
6: pumice, the peat pumice. Hmm. Kind of mix it. I in. like it. I like it. Do you use any fertilizer. I do, I make, I compost, so put a little sprinkle of oh, that in. Oh, excellent. Little dabble do you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent.
1: Yeah, right. And the other two, as I were going to say, are, uh, we're going to be loomy and chalky. It's, oh, a great, it's a great it's a great collection, Sandy, Clay, Petey, Silty, Loomie, and Chalky. <laughs> it's
6: like an LA an LA preschool. Like, yeah, right. yeah. yeah.
0: You know you know my sons, my twin sons, Chalky and Petey.
1: <laughs> Loomy. Poor Loomy. Poor <laughs> Loomy. Uh, you did amazing. You you know your
6: stuff. Awesome. Thank you so much. This was so lovely.
1: All 10 episodes of Rutherford Falls are streaming now on Peacock. Sierra Teller Ornelis thank you so much for
6: joining us. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun.
1: That's our show. Ask Me Another's house musician is Jonathan Colton.
0: Hey, my name is Anagrams to to Cannon.
1: Our puzzles were written by our staff, along with Juan Escalante and senior writers Eric Feinstein and Karen Lurie, with additional material by Kara Weinberger. Ask Me Another is produced by Travis Larchuk, Nancy Seichow, James Barber, and Ramel Wood. Our senior supervising producer is Rachel Neal, and our boss's bosses are Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. Thanks to our production partner, WNYC. I'm her ripe begonias.
0: Ophira Eisenberg.
1: And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Hey, you're still listening. Fantastic. So since you're still here, why not pop over to Apple Podcasts and write us a review? We'd love to hear from you, and it also helps others find out about our show. For information about new episodes, bonus videos, and more, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Thanks! Next week on Ask Me Another, we'll talk to Rachel Bloom, creator and star of The CW's Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. She's a huge fan of Disneyland and science fiction author Ray Bradbury. So we're going to play a game where we've re-themed theme park rides to make them about his books. Plus, we'll get closer to our goal of playing games on all seven continents as late-night writer Karen Chi joins us from South Korea. So join me on Ask Me Another, the answer to life's funnier questions.